I'm gonna get that shake. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Cobra. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the cathode-inspired, duct-tape-ridden, binocular-slaped, completely lenticular, light-bright creep. Justin, what the hell's it going, sir? Man, it's it's going pretty well. Nick, I believe this is our 230th episode. Sounds right. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. We made it. I feel every inch of it. Reminds me of the Frankie and Johnny joke from one of our earliest episodes. <laughs> I can feel every dick. Mm-hmm. But man, we, we made it, and I'm feeling good after that last episode. Yeah, it was a fun one. When It's good to get a good one out every now and then. I feel like it's the talk of the internet. It's got even less less response than the the ones that preceded it. That's because we did Isn't Noah. Maybe. It just goes to show, man. When you, when you hit a ball sweet, like a golf ball, and you really pure it, there's no sound, and you don't feel it. Just goes, just goes and goes and goes. I think that's what yeah. we did with that episode. We pured it, and we didn't hear any responses to it. That's how pure we hit it. I'm gonna say, I mean, I'm brag about our episode. It's one of our best episodes, I think. It made us laugh when we listened to it back. Uh, maybe people would disagree, but even your stuff at the end when you're doing, <laughs> you're doing, you're doing Nolte on my island saying "oh fuck" was making me <laughs> laugh today thinking about that. So look, it's. If people haven't heard that one, go back and listen to the Noah episode. But other than that, Nick, I was camping for a week. I can't believe it. I was at a camp. I was at a camp. I was at a facility that you know wasn't wasn't out in the wilderness. I was at a scout camp volunteering while my son you know did camping stuff, earned merit badges was, and stuff. He had a stick between his hands, rubbing hard, making sparks. He didn't start fires that way, no. And I don't think that they, like, I know you're making a joke, but I think they don't start fires that way anymore. I think that's not, maybe they, you can, but there's other things you do, like put a battery on a piece of steel wool. You can start a fire that way. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah. I have, like a, a, little, I have a lighter. I'm, I'm a sophisticate. One of those square little batteries. What are those, the D batteries? I don't know what those are. Talking about 9 volt? Is it a 9-volt? What is that, though? Is it just a 9-volt, or is it a C battery? I don't know. C batteries are round, D batteries are round, and 9-volts are shaped like the arc. Yes, so it's a 9-volt, but I thought maybe it had a letter designation. Nope. I'm, not, I'm not up on my battery talk, as you can tell. I a still friend... buy 9-volts on the regular, which is great. What do you use them for? Musical equipment? Mm-hmm, yeah, every good, the guitars still use them, and mm-hmm. wah pedals still use them, and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a cute... They keep them alive. 
That's the battery that does it different, you know? Those in watch batteries, they refuse to conform, you know? Mm -hmm. They refuse to get in with the tube, you know? And they're going to keep it like they've done it forever. I think they should just don't bow to peer pressure, guys. That's what I'll say. How was your um, last week without me? It was, you know, I was on the road, I was working, it's fine. You know what I'm enjoying, though? Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the Hartnett Renaissance. Tell me about this, Josh Hartnett in here. yeah, he is really good in that Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, Guy Ritchie movie, mm-hmm. and he's really good in this new Black Mirror episode. So they cast him, huh? What's he? What's he doing in the Black Mirror episode? Is it? Is he featured? Is he a side character? Is he is a starring vehicle for him? It's co-lead with uh, Aaron Paul. Oh wow! And he's aged very well. He's a, always been a good actor. I mean, he's a young uh, man, early forties, right? It can't be that old. I think he's forty-four. Is he really? You looked his age up, huh? I think he's 44. You nailed it. About to be 45 in July. And July 21st coming up. So hey, let's hear. Let's hear it for a happy birthday to Mr. Hartnett. You know, coming up. Yep. We'll celebrate. Yep. Well, what should we do? A Hartnett month? No. We got Wicker no. Park. What's some other Hartnett beauties we can? Pearl Harb. Yeah, Pearl. <laughs> is he in? Is he in that awful movie? No, he's not in that one with Bruce Willis. He's in Thirty Days of Night, which is a movie I love for somehow. And I, and I hate. Hey, yeah, he sucks. He's in some shit movies, but I like him. You, he's you, in a he's in a sexy movie though, wasn't he? One where like a like a romantic. I said comedy? Wicker Park. I mean, I think he was in a more of an erotic. I mean, he's been doing it for so long, but like on on a kind of a low hum. Don't hear much about him. There isn't much fanfare. He was on that um that show with uh with the, with the monsters. He played a werewolf uh, or something. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> it's on Showtime or some shit. It had what's her face from Casino True Royale. Blood? No, what's her name from Casino oh, Royale? Oh, Rose. Oh yeah, Eva yeah, yeah. Green. What's that show called? Uh, I know what you're talking about now. Oh, kiss my dick. Um, Piccadilly Pals or something. It was yeah. It was like Wet Minsters or Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. There you go. Yeah, Hartnett was in there. Werewolf in it. Oh, I love it. What you, you said you saw the Spidey movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And uh, I've been watching Platonic on Apple with uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Very good. One my, of them is. My son's upstairs watching the movie Holes with our one of our favorites, Shia LaBeouf. Gina Grishon. Oh, different movie. And Sigourney Speaking Weaver. of Spider-Man movie, there's a lot of talk about Holes in that Spider-Man there cartoon. Is. The bad guy is full of holes, and he yeah. he's hard to beat because he... Yeah, I bet the, you uh, like that bad guy. I bet you like that bad guy. I got I got tired of him. Why? He was quick. barely in it. I got tired of him. Somebody, who did his voice? Somebody, oh, uh, Jason Schwartzman. Yes. I tell you what, though. People complain a lot about how dumb cinema is with the all the tentpole movies and all that. I tell you what, those these animated things wear me the fuck out so bad. That trailer for that Teenage Kraken movie and the trailer for Trolls 2 were an, a, just absolutely Trolls 2. soul-crushing. Does he mean, Soul is there another Timberlake Trolls movie coming out? I don't know if Timberlake's... In, I don't know. I, I know the that, Kraken movie. I don't know this Trolls movie you're talking there about. There was a sequel to Trolls, I think, and it's a music... Uh, there's some stupid theme to it. And there's one of the Trolls speaks in auto-tune. It's just... It's really I know bad. you're talking about but I thought those... It already had its sequel. I guess maybe there's a third one coming out. There was I, a commercial for... I don't know if there was... Was there two already? Yeah. That's the one thing about going to see uh, animated films is the, is the trailers. I know. It's bad. It's, Real rough, but the makes new, me feel grumpy. Speaking of Seth Rogen, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is coming out. That looked awful. Mutant Mayhem. My family and I are gonna go see it. We were very excited about the trailer. You don't like the trailer? I, I thought it was good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, I 
I still have the original comics that those are based on it when I bought somebody's collection. It was awful then, and it's been awful since. It's such a stupid concept that has got legs for some strange reason. I don't get it. I think the characters are so fun, you know, and I don't know why either. I mean, there's so many iterations of it. I think, you know, it's it's a TV staple. It's a movie staple. Who knows why they can keep hammering that property into new things. But I, I know one thing for sh- is for sure. What's that? Your boy is in it. Elias Coteus, he played he's Casey Jones. New, he's not in the new one. No, he played. He's like the OG Casey Jones in the movies. Yeah, no, in the Golden Harvest movie. What's that? That was the studio that put it out. Oh wow, there you go. Who played April O'Neil in that? I don't know. I know later it was Green? Megan Fox, and the newer ones. That was that uh, when I worked at the movie theater. That movie came out, so I guess it was ninety that that movie. Went one of the voices, Corey Feldman, correct? I can't be bothered to know. He's not the one that left the world, though, unfortunately. Mm-mm. He's still out there. Yeah, he's wetting his fucking shit, making huge mistakes uh, left and right. You saw the prophecy bear you told me when you were on your camping trip. Yeah, I, I ran... Yeah, this is a well-populated camp. Like, this is like a Camp Woodruff up in the, you know, the mountain, like North or Georgia mountains. You know, like, it's a lot of people there. You don't expect a bear to see a bear, you know, walking from around, but... It was raining, coming back from an event, and a little bear ran from a campsite in front of us into the into the woods. You know that on that same day, somebody got killed by a bear. I didn't know this. Where? I don't, remember, I don't know if it was in Georgia. All I know is some dude was, he was building, a, he, it's, it's on a property he's building on, and I think he was having lunch, and then the bear had lunch. And this is what, what's the dangerous bear, the black bear? I think so. He so the, I don't know what kind of bear this was. It was small and it looked like it was didn't even want to be near us. Now isn't that the thing in there like a saying if it's brown lay down? That sounds right. I don't know the bear rhymes. Is that correct? What else? Is, what it, can you tell me the rest? Yeah. Yeah. If it's polar barrier molar. <laughs> so you're they're, yeah they don't like they get if you bear if you you know if you growl at them they hate it. I think that's one of them. So you're supposed to what get a knife in there. and... Pop out that molar real quick and bury no, it. No, just just flash your pearlies at it. Oh, you know? bury your molar. I see. Okay, I think you said bury your molar, but bury no. your molar. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, what about black bear? If it's black, fake a heart attack. I'm writing this down. I'm taking notes. Hold on. What other kind of bears are there? Is there a green bear? Beige bear? I mean, there's obviously grizzly, oh, Kodiak, oh, oh. gummy, t- teddy. Grizzlies are rough. That's 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 the, is that the big one? I thought the black bear was the kind of the meanie, but is the I think grizzly, grizzly gets the reputation because it's got the ridiculous lip on it. Oh, <laughs> who's the famous Bart? Bart the bear had the famous. Uh, he had the, the yeah. dragging lip, right? He kind of the Stallone the other, lip in a weird way. He also had the other famous thing. Yeah, he died because why? What happened? He had cancer of the paw. <laughs> Not funny. It's a little funny. Cancer the paw, but I was just saying that Stallone has a little bit of that kind of lip, right? Like the. Can I modify a little? I think Technotronic. Cancer of the paw. <laughs> First of all, it's not Technotronic. I believe that is. Um, who is that? Pump up jams is Technotronic. Groovers in the heart is. What are the? What are those guys called? I keep thinking they're the Divinals, but they're not because the Divinals had to touch myself. Yeah, no, don't look, though. It's not Diggable Planets. No, no, no. Um, they had one song, Groovers in the Heart. They're, they're, the, the band name has something to do with, like, mach- like uh, equipment or machinery or something in there. That's why I thought Technotronic. Um, are, they, are, they, are they still around? I mean, I doubt it. 
I doubt they are. They had one, absolutely one it's song. Not gum, they're not gum, it's not Gumbo Millennium. That's an album title from 24-7 Spies, right? Can I look them up? Yeah, go ahead. I'll give, how about I, I'll give you like the... Because yeah. I won't get it. You you will. I'll give you a little hint. Okay, it starts with a D. De La Soul? That's why I thought the... Um, no. No, no, no. That's why I thought... Um, it starts with a D, and it's not Diggable Planets. Uh, is it a fu- stupid name? Yes. It's got to be a stupid. Delight? Yes. You're so good, man. You got to see if they're still around. There's no way they're around. There's no way they're not. Re- they're, of course they're still around. I'm going to give you some Crazy. news here. They're still around. There's no way they're not. They're done in 1996. Then they reformed, and then they left the world in 2002. Really? They are out of here. That's great news. Remember how cute the lead singer was? Remember her name was Lady Miss Cure. I have no, no, of course I don't. She was kind she of, was, like, she was she kind had, of a she fashionista. Had the color, colorful hair, right? Yeah. Anyway, Nick, we've gotten off track. No, we're not. We're here doing the Movie Microscope shows. It's a show where we zoom in. We beat God at hockey. We give scoliosis a hard time. We dip our beaks into a pool of whiz. Lick a motherboard, kick a fatherboard, quietly sift through puzzles, doorknob ourselves, pop a bubble in a vampire's face, smooth it out, rub seltzer on dicks, and fuck that monkey paw. Watch a movie through your set of destructed, diseased, rancid... Pussed eyes, completely pussed out eyes that have been pushed through and pussed out. <laughs> See what makes or break, share with likes of you, the listeners. So if we were watching A Man Called Horse, <laughs> I'm talking about the scene where Richard Harris loses his voice. Oh. <laughs> Talk about the little moment. There's a bitch load in today's film. Cobra! Cobra! Little Richard, Rambo 4 joke. Richard Harris, R.I.P. Super dead. Original uh, Dumbledore. Was in a man called Horse. Now, was he the star? Yes, and he was in the Return of a Man Called Horse. Too. Was he? Remember, he was in a sequel. Remember, he, they sequelized that one, huh? Right. That that one's in, it's in space. The second one. Mm-hmm. My dad made me watch that film when I was a kid. It, was he actually? Was his name Horse? No, I so think he's happened? a man who's ingratiated into the Indian nation painfully and joins their ranks. But I'm, there was a scene where they put these antlers through his chest or whatever and lift him up by it, and it was very visceral. My dad, it, for some reason, he was obsessed with it. He just thought it was the most hardcore thing, and he was what? so proud of that movie. And he made they hurt him? It. Or they, it stabbed through his Yeah, skin? he gets it's captured, and, and no, they, they stab his through his titties, like these horns or whatever, and they lift him up like he's crucified almost. And then they're like, your name's Horse now. <laughs> I don't so remember. What they the, said to him, they shouted at him. I don't. And then they said, "Get, get Jared out of your penis immediately." He said, "I'm Gary," and they're like, "No, horse." Like, that's what they're saying to him. <laughs> and then to drive it into him that he's horse, they they stab him in, into the in the chest area. I gotta see this movie. What like, was the sequel? Return of a Man Called Horse. And what? What did uh, he returns? Premises. I think. He returns. I, I like that the he gets hung and his name is Horse. <laughs> Fitting. You know, it's funny, I was watching Foundation, and Jared Harris is now an old man, sort of. He's an aging citizen. Yeah. Kind of almost great. His career, he's endured. He's almost great. He's actually great, I think. He's always good in things. Uh, one of the actors that you know kind of showed up, and you know, I was iffy on at first. I was like, Jared Harris? You know, like, hmm. Was not he always, in B-Monkey? I'm sure he was in B-Monkey. Not always a welcome presence. Like, Kenny, you want to skip some of his movies. Now when he shows up, you, you applaud. You're like, this guy's going to deliver the goods always. And he does. Who's his daddy? Richard Harris. That's why he brought it up? Yep. Son of a man called Horse. <laughs> I like the fact. And, he, and in Mad Men, he's hung. What does that mean? He hangs himself. Spoiler alert. Does he really? He does not survive Mad Men. He hangs himself because his dick's too big? <laughs> he takes himself out? He's like, I hate all this office sex and smoke. 
It's, it's too good. I'm gonna Why does he hang himself? himself? Does it add? I never watched Mad Men. Does the ad thing go wrong? I, that's that's drastic response to a failed ad campaign. Is that what happens? <laughs> you know, yeah. no, he. Uh, I think he's depressed, mm-hmm. and I think some shit goes wrong financially, and he's not feeling it, and he says, "I, I need to leave." And I know and they don't show it. I think they show on like I think they show his feet, like you know mm-hmm. they do. I can't believe you haven't watched Mad Men. That's a that's a big hole in your in your, in your it, yeah. profile. I know. I should watch it. I heard I heard good things, and it's aged really well because it's timeless. You know. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to know this, but some of the people in that show went on to do some stuff. Well, you know how much I like Elizabeth Moss, and I still haven't seen Mad Men. Isn't that funny? I know the, the name. The name you pull of all the people in that. I show, I mean, I love Ham. Of course, I love Ham. I'm talking specifically Ham and Noah, though. I don't like John Ham. I like Ham. All right, how many fingers do I have to cut off before we get to Vincent Carthizer? <laughs> he was an angel, Vincent Carthizer. Remember? He sucks. He's in Mad Men. He, he was one of the main characters. He's a second or third lead, yeah. Is he good? He's. I hate him. I think. You, I think you're sort of supposed to hate him. Mm-hmm. They. They. You know, he's a POV character too much in that show, so I guess he's not supposed to be the villain. Right. But he's just so unlikable, and he. And, he, and you know, obviously, anybody who uh, doesn't take good care of uh, what's her name, uh, Allison Pill. What? No. What's the girl? The cutie's name. Married to. Uh, married to our boy. Once uh, married to our boy. Uh, no, no, not what's her name? Al, um, the one from uh, Glow, Star of Glow. Oh, uh, from Community, Allison. Yes, Allison something. Yeah, she's in that. And she's in Mad Men, huh? I think he leaves her. I think he sneaks around on her. Allison Brie. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's actually great. I watched a movie she was in called Spin Me Around or something. I think that's what it was called. I think I talked about it. It's good. It's worth seeking out on on Hulu. Also, Zach Woods. Does she play a very thin hooker, or what? Allison, uh, Allison, uh, or uh, Alessandro Navolo's in it as well. Who is who showed up in the somehow showed up? There's you speaking of a renaissance. Alessandro Navola is having one. Dude never left. He is everywhere. Guy's been front and center since the jump. Showed up in um, Craven the Hunter. Is that the name of the movie? Star of the Sopranos prequel. I think he's playing. Is he playing the rhino in that? I think he is. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Bringing the rhino in. So what's your relationship with Cobra? I, mean, I saw it once in the in the probably the nineties or the late eighties. And I didn't think much of it. I think it was a little off putting to me. I think it was a little too violent. Kind of an ugly movie, you know, and I'm I'm not a fan. It's kind of humorless in a way. I'd never watched it again, to be fair. And you know, I like Stallone movies. I wasn't a huge Stallone guy, but I, I'd watch a Stallone movie back then. I like, you know, I like Cliffhanger, which we just did. But that's it. I know you probably worshipped this movie when it came out, right? I was disappointed in it when it came out because I think it... You're, you're right. It was it was sort of humorless. And I think also it wanted to be like a Dirty Harry movie. I don't think it committed 100% to it. But, but once again, damn, he looked good in those glasses. So Yeah, I think the movie is a vehicle for like Stallone looking looking good. You know, I think he knew he looked good here. And he got that mirrored sunglasses look. But the problem is, like, he looks ridiculous at some sometimes. You know, like when they give you the full outfit, like the full I'm body have to shot. Ask you to hu- hush your mouth. Please. He looks a little silly. You know, hit, you know, from the shoulders up, he looks he looks peak Stallone. I don't know what in the nine hells you're talking about. He looks delicious in this movie. Handsome, and I like his I like his uh, some of the stuff. You know, because Stallone is a very smart dude. 
you know, his ego, I think, I was reading some of the trivia, a little bit insane at this point in his life, which is fine. But a good writer, I think, funny, funny guy, good instincts, good filmmaking instincts. And like, I like when some of that slips out here. So like, I think the movie's kind of boilerplate sometimes, but the interaction he has with his partner, you know, and the, he's trying to get his partner for some reason to eat healthier. Like, I like right. that kind of stuff because you could tell like he's trying to make that relationship like meaningful a little bit to the audience. I forgot that this, not unlike Tombstone, are movies with a lead actor directed instead of George P. Cosmatos. Was he a very problematic, like just not talented director? Because he had his stars kind of directed the movie for him, or maybe he just wasn't assertive enough. He sucks. He sucks. And Kurt Russell apparently directed Tombstone, and Stallone apparently directed this. And this in the know. trivia, it sounds like the guy just didn't want to. You know, Stallone kind of bulldozed a little bit, and he just took a back seat and let him have at it. I think just, it's really interesting to think about, you know, because obviously. It was on the trivia, but it was also something I remember being kind of attuned to when it was happening through the pages of uh, tr- little trade publications and stuff about the whole Beverly Hills Cop thing and, and where Stallone kind of retooled the story. What is it? Well, the book had the dumbest name. It was like, what, The Duck something? This is based on an awful named book. Are you talking about Cobra? It's called oh, it's Fair a, Game. Fair but Game. It, but, yeah, it yeah, has the, another title. Yeah, Duck something. Right. Mm-hmm. Either way, there is a lot of, um, it's a lot of style in this thing. And, 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 and I think there, there's a certain charm to watching it now where it definitely has an authenticity to that period that is hard to fake. It makes it makes up for a lot of the weaknesses in the in the plot and some of the ridiculousness of the violence that's in it. They uh, heavily edited this movie to cut out a lot of the violence, and, and which, you know, for me, that's pretty welcome. I guess there is some cut floating around the fans have where there's like 30 or 40 minutes restored into this. I want that, it so bad. That retain that retains some of the violence or, you know, restores it. Yeah, this is a conf- it's a confusing plot kind of carried by Stallone's charisma. But let's get to the cast real quick. Who else beside besides Stallone is in here? You got Art LaFleur. You got David Rashi who just showed up in succession. He didn't just show up, he was a featured player. He was. He was one of the dudes. You got Andrew Robinson from uh, Dirty Harry. Yeah, Brian Thompson, who was kind of the square-jawed, a square-jawed pre- presence since the 80s in this movie. He's, he's the main baddie, the featured baddie here. And somebody who I've been a heavy, heavy follower of since my MySpace days. Who? Brian Thompson. We were MySpace friends, and I used to just love catching up with his whereabouts and stuff. And he's just a joy. And uh, just a joy if you watch his... Uh, definitely a worthy follow is what I'm saying. He's on Instagram. You follow him on Instagram as well? 100% I do. So, yeah, I was looking at his Instagram page. He's definitely an actor that is having fun, a family man, still working, and uh, loving life. You know, so he's at some monster convention or something. So he does those, I guess he does fan conventions. Does a lot of those. And honestly, he was, you know, I remember him. He was in the first Terminator. He was up for the role of Terminator. Was he? Yeah, uh, an unfortunate, he has a scary face, mm-hmm. and he parlayed it into a nice career. He's kind of a handsome, handsome dude. He, there know? was there were times in this movie, I, it looked like somebody, you know like how sausage is, where it's, it's, a t- it's a thin layer of skin holding in a bunch of meat? Yes. He looks like if Chris Pine was a sausage, yeah. and they put way too much meat in there. He definitely, well, he also wore like a... a like a stocking mask, so it didn't which help. Was an, which was an improvement. <laughs> yeah, John Hertzfeld in here, who later directed Stallone in one of his classic films. Reach Me. Reach Me. And 15 Minutes and Two Days in the Valley. You got, uh, how do you say his name, Ren- Rennie Satoni? Satoni. Did he pass? He did. 
We year, lost him a couple huh? years ago. Yeah. Got Brigitte Nielsen. Yes, Brigitte Nielsen, who had like a very kind of small window where she was like kind of an action star, right? Like was in a lot of these movies as either the love interest or or an action star. Well, um, I mean, you mean Rocky Four, Beverly Hills Cop Two, and this, right? And then Red Sonia. Red Sonia. And then was she not in? Was she not in Conan Two or something too? No. They didn't give her that. Maybe? She's no Sandal Bergman, though, let's be honest. Married well, to Stallone. She married Stallone. She had a brief affair with Schwarzenegger. She was Eskimo all over bros, huh? Yeah, apparently, you know. I guess that's what that is. Is that what that is? Yes. Yep. They are. You know, she's this kind of... Where is she from? Like, Scandinavia? Where is she from? I don't know what kind of creepy crepe she came out she's of. She's this tall, like, drink of water, like a model, you know, very European. Like, you know, she had the short hair. And this, they kind of shoehorn in, like, she's a model. Her character's, I guess, a model. And they have this very weird sequence when she's, First like, of all, don't say weird. Say amazing. <laughs> I already have I have the, the next post already ready. <laughs> it's, if We'll get to that part, but if... She models amongst, like, I guess robots, but, like, statues of robots. And, and it must like a, be some art like installation, a, you know? They look, they look like appliances, sort of. But they tease them before you know what's happening. They they tease them to the beat of the soundtrack, and they keep blipping them in. And, and it you, sucks. It sucks for me. Because by the time they revealed it was a music shoot, I'd already climaxed. <laughs> And you're like, what is happening? These tin man looking motherfuckers like just keep bleeping in. And you're like, what is this movie? He's, it's insane. It's, it's intercut with them interviewing hookers. Which yeah, I, exactly. And then all of a sudden, Brigitte is like str- kind of like improvising model moves around them. And uh, David Rashi is the photographer, and he's he's shooting his last photo shoot. Can I can I say never has looked more Peter Cetera than in these moments. <laughs> He looks, you know, he at least he got his best work done minutes before he's axed to death. Um, but yeah, he um, he's definitely like, hey, baby, come down to the robot fields and I got to change a clothes. We're going to shoot about a thousand snaps. At one point, she does put a fur coat on one of the robots who looks despondent. <laughs> so let's get let's back up. We got the cast out of the way. And the movie kicks off with Stallone doing a very uh, solemn narration. What's he talking about, Nick? He's, he's just rec- he's telling you the stats of crime, man. He is. What do you remember any stats? I should. It was heartbreaking. Murder every twenty-four minutes. You know, he was giving you like the shooting, the shootings, the stabbings, the rapes, even. But he says there's a murder every twenty-four minutes, and he says it and it's very with a lot of gravitas. You know, it says, but a lot less when I'm not on the job. <laughs> and then. It immediately cuts to a uh, an empty swimming pool where a bunch of cultists are clanking axes together. And I guess they're also kind of giving, there's someone's giving a speech, but you don't get to hear it because the music and the clanking kind of overtake the visuals. Now, what year was this? 86? 86. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I saw this in the theater. For some reason, those shots of that cult clanging those weapons connected with me on a very deep level. Why? What? It was very unsettling to me for some reason as a fourteen-year-old boy. Oh, it's very odd. Yeah, for sure, I get it. But you I, I know that they're 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 gearing up for murder. That's not a great, you know. Well, they're, they're what a new world order or something they're talking about. There's a lot of rhetoric that's crazy. So this is a, it, we'll get to the premise of so this is like a cult based in L.A. Right? They're in L.A. Is that correct? They are creating havoc on the 
streets of Los Angeles, but you don't understand exactly why, and every once in a while you hear that they're trying to create a new world order. Now, are they going about it correctly? Zero. I don't think so, you know? They don't have much of a plan, and they get super sidetracked for this whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do, and it's beautiful. Anyway, so this happens, and then it cuts to a supermarket called King's. The the King Market. And this guy comes in with a shotgun. What's the first thing that clues you in that this is a bad guy? What's the first thing that clues you in he's a villain? Uh, You got a trench coat? What? No, you tell me. So, first of all, you see these beautifully silhouetted shots of him riding his bike in slow motion. That's nice, yeah. Looking like Grand Theft Auto. Justin, he pulls into the handicap spot. He does. You're right. You're right. I remember this. But you don't know. You know? You know know something's up. Maybe he's got the webbing. Like, you ever see the the web toes? Yeah. Maybe that's his hand. I don't know if that qualifies, but maybe he does have that. If anything, it's acne. That's his handicap. First of many Pepsi product placements. Oh, there's so much. But he goes into the supermarket. He starts blowing away, not customers, but blowing away the shelves and he the kills, shopping carts. He kills an entire section of potato chips. Mm-hmm. And he, Very you know, sick. people are scared. It's a full supermarket. But I did appreciate the fact that he was just shooting product. I not thought people. I saw a whole section of New York Seltzer get killed. Hey, yeah, I think they're in. I think it is in there. Do you remember that shit? Oh man, that was the that was the ambrosia. Ambrosia not a, is a food, not a drink, but we used to get it in high school, like at lunch. It was, it was you know, things were when you got one of those in your mitts, or clearly a Canadian, mm-hmm. you knew you were in for the fucking day of days. Had the small bottle. It it just was fun to drink. It tasted good. And you remember peeling off that little styrofoam label, right? I kind of do remember that now. The that label was printed on a, a very thin styrofoam. There you go. Easily, yeah, yeah. It came off easily. It was the very, a very. It was a very. It's like a fidget spinner. Can you name a flavor? Black raspberry. Yeah, that's what I think. That's the one I like. A black raspberry. I remember lemon lime, and I remember curmudgeon cum. <laughs> they still make that drink. It's actually experiencing a renaissance right now. You can get it in the supermarket. It's back. It's called New York Seltzer, huh? I'm in. I'll, I'll get a. I'll get a, a taste. I went to for Father's Day. My uh, family took me to Whataburger. Why? Because um, they put a new one around here, and I hadn't had one for years and years and years, and I kind of wanted one to go get it. And I convinced my kids on the way in that every time you take a bite of your burger in there, you have to say, what a burger. Every time you take a bite, and if you don't say it, if you fail to say it once, they kick you out. That's fucked up. What do you think? Is it funny? Was it funny? I thought it was funny. Uh, I fucked up. It's black cherry. What did you say? Black raspberry? I think I did. I fell for it. But, but they still have the lemon lime and the curmudgeon cum. They got rid of the fucking styrofoam, though. What do they call it? What's the other flavors? Oh, there's a there's many flavors. Give me give me a. So we got raspberry. There you go. Simple root beer. Skip cola and berry. Mm, blueberry. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Black cherry. Peach. No. Skip. Are you nuts? I hate. I can't do peach. Uh, peach is like my, my least favorite flavor. You love it, huh? Lemon lime, curmudgeon cum. <laughs> it's a blue bottle. Just says espionage. <laughs> you know what I had last week at, at the camp was slushies. They had a slushy uh, machine there. You, nice. You have, when's the last time you partook? My daughter had one yesterday at the movie theater. No, those are ices. Oh. This is a straight up slushy. Seven Eleven's own. With the oh, slushy it's been, dog, it's, it's, it's been a coon's age. 
It's been a while, right? I went lemon lime on that once and I went uh, straight up cherry once. And my son criticized me. He said, what? You gotta mix the flavors, brother. You know, he was annoyed at me that I just went cherry. He said, not enough flavor in that, just cherry. So I threw my cup and ran and I cried. I can't believe you got slushy shamed. I did. <laughs> so anyway, Nick, in front of this supermarket, there is a quite a beautiful thing happening a mechanical frog that you can ride if you're like a little kid did you notice this yeah, of course it gets two shots it does it gets a shot of a little kid in there and then it, it gets, gets a shot empty an unoccupied shot and yeah. so we it's also, a, as yeah. the director is telling you that this child has moved on it's it's the ride is over the quarter is done i think i think what the director is telling you is this frog is too let what do you mean it's available for rental <laughs> So anyway, the bad guy, that's how also how you know he's just evil. He strolls right past that. doesn't get on. He also, get in it. There's also a handicapped individual in a wheelchair slowly making their way towards the door, which makes me think probably didn't make it. He had to park far away. This guy only kills one person in here, but still it's a shame. He that's has not a, true, actually. What do you mean? He kills the planter's peanut man on the shelf. That's true. Never mind. R.I.P. <laughs> Does he have a name? R.I.P. Nut. Mr. Peanut. Does Mr. Peanut have a first name? Yeah. What? Lieutenant Smith. Oh. Lieutenant Smith Peanut. Does Lu Mr. Peanut have a first name? I'll look that one up. You you, you tell him what happens I, in this. You know, you, you want to piss off half the country? Reveal that his, his name's Angela. <laughs> you see the biggest boycott you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like Bud Light all over again. The Peanut heads will remember that the full name of the OG Mr. It's Peanut. Jaffith. It's Jaffith, isn't it? <laughs> Who was Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. Why would they do that? Just make it fun. Don't go crazy. By the way, I know we got to get to this movie, but did you know that McDonald's, are you a fan? I am. Grimace's birthday month. Did you see this? They're celebrating. There's a, some kind of purple shake. I'm a fan of Grimace. I just don't like the fact that Mary McCheese is missing in action. The Hamburglar's missing in action. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, deep, close voice. Hey... Frag I mean, the Fry Guy's missing in action, right? Yeah, Mary McCheese. Yeah. Hamburglar, who's my, my favorite by far. Of course, everybody. Anti-hero, you know. And then uh, the Fry Guy's right. And then there was a shake. A shake well, right? you forgot Mary McCheese. You said Mary McCheese, but you forgot the cop. What's the cop's name? Oh, fuck. I forgot about that pissant. And then, then there were some chicken nuggets that came in later. Well, they don't count. Grimace, of course, the, the, just, the, just the best. I love how, okay... Let's 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 cut this up some. Ronald McDonald, obviously the proprietor, clown. Yes. His name's on the on the fucking sign. Sure. Right. Fry guys, French fries. Yes. The hamburglar burgles hamburgs. Yes. Mayor McCheese looks like a Big Mac with eyes. Mm -hmm. What the fuck's the grimace? So that's my joke. Way back in the day on Chud, was the, it's the expression you make after eating McDonald's. Mm -hmm. That was my joke, and you know, people. I remember people really like celebrated that for I think a, probably a full year. How, how funny it was, and they would just they still come up to me in the street. I think it's time for McDonald's to unleash a purple lump entree to match the grimace. It's been, we've been waiting all this time. You got a purple shake right now mm -hmm. to celebrate like his birth. Yeah, what flavor? I'm I'm sure it's grape or something, right? It has to be right. Grape shake, huh? Oof, you're right. It doesn't sound too good. I'm gonna go. I I'm not a. I don't go to McDonald's very often, but I'm gonna get that damn shake. God damn it, I'm gonna get that shake. You know, and it better be good. I'm gonna get that shake. <laughs> don't, don't drink it too fast. Right. Or you're gonna 
make the namesake face. <laughs> People still come up to me. Gradually, I put their arms around my shoulders and they hold speaking, me and they carry me up. Speaking of a warm embrace, yeah. a warm embrace, when this movie started, see the Golan Globus name. That was always... Yeah. That was always a harbinger of mediocrity in the 80s, <laughs> but warm me- mediocrity. And this is no exception. So they, things are getting haywire. The cops are like, what are we going to do? This guy's going nuts in this grocery store. He's holding people hostage. He shoots a, he shoots a young man, uh, makes him run, and gives him a, gives him a back buckshot back. He shoots, shoots him twice. Poor I know. Kid. Later on, Art LaFleur says he had his heart shot out. Just like in... It's like a blue, blue steel. steel. Exactly. His head blown off, right? Exactly. Anyway, so they call in the Cobra, as they say. It's rough. It's a rough introduction because they call him the Cobra for once in the film, literally. <laughs> and he rolls and in in like a Studebaker. In, 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 no, he is what in is a it? 1950 Mercury Monterey. I mean, it's dumb, Nick. It's a beautiful car. Of course it is, but it looks ridiculous in this. It looks like... It, uh, it is the standout thing from this movie. People uh, will forget everything about this movie except for that car. And how dumb it looks when he's riding around in it. It does get destroyed. That but was he, his own his own car. Right? He's got to have Stallone has a, has to have a lot of affectations in this. Like his gun handles have Cobra little cute Cobra cartoons on them. He's you got, mean uh, it's got it's it's there's a an, you know an icon. I don't say it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's like a cute little snake cartoon. Okay, what other affectations? Licking, you licking the, the lollipop. The matchstick. You talking about the matchstick. The matchstick in his between his teeth. The unlit matchstick. He's got the sun the mirrored sunglasses. This whole ensemble. He just what looks. Did you like his custom license plate? Yeah, it says Awesome 50. It's a 1950 Mercury Mark. Yeah, know, Mercury. Awesome. I say it says A W S O M E or something. No, they, they don't there's Awesome without the E, which is bad. Without both E's? It's Stallone's real car. Yeah. So he's yeah. Whatever. So let's the, the this 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 supermarket scene, I'm a sucker for supermarket showdowns. Fair enough. In movies. Yeah. I recently rewatched Universal Soldier on the road when I was in my hotel. And that supermarket scene is a masterpiece. I actually recorded the entire scene off the screen of my TV to send to my friend Sean because it's where it's where we fell in love with Dolph Lundgren was that moment. What happens but in it? There's a scene where Sergeant Andrew Scott of the U.S. Army is uh, is he's in a supermarket holding like he's basically got people hostage. Yeah. Ralph Muller is sitting there eating raw meat because they're all you know reanimated soldiers and whatnot, and he gives this soliloquy about how. He said this paranoid rant that he goes off, and it's an actually amazing acting performance from him. Yeah, it's and then there's, and he's talking about how these yellow-bellied traitors are everywhere, and that right then a bunch of cops burst in, and he shoots them all, and he goes, "See, they're everywhere." And the way he does it, oh my god, it's like fucking, it's life's elixir when you see it. I I'd put it. I'd put that sequence up against anything that De Niro's ever done. And does, does, is this the climax of the film? Does it take place in the supermarket? It's about, it's about halfway through. No, okay, no. It's no. Just, it's, and that's where, of course, I just went to it. You know, that's where Van Damme does his... There's a scene where he's trying to eat, and he keeps getting attacked, and he keeps trying to eat while he's getting attacked. It's just yeah, adorable. Adorable. It is adorable. He's kind of adorable in that film, right? Yeah, and, and this is adorable, too, because Stallone... I'm sorry, Mr. Marion Cobretti, which is another great Stallone name, by the way. <laughs> One of the best, maybe. Yeah, he uh, he gets a little banquet beer in the middle of the fight. A banquet beer? He drinks a cor- little Coors in the middle of the battle. What was the What was the big banquet? Like I know they had banquet in uh, Cobra Kai. They also had the whoa. There's the connection, right? Cobra Kai. Yeah. They were featuring that beer too. But what? There's a movie we did that they had that in it as well recently. 
I don't remember. Not, not even recently. Here's one of the things Stallone is sometimes a victim of. He spends a lot of time on the character development in the first scene mm-hmm. and then forgets about it. He does, yeah. So in this one, he's got a great one-liner, one of the best one-liners of the 80s action movies. But for the most part, everything you need to know about Cobretti is in that scene. Because mm-hmm. he comes in there, he's indifferent, he gets on the intercom and talks trash to him, calls him, I forget, I forgot what he calls him, he calls him, not junk or trash, he calls him something. Yeah, scumbag or something. Something like that. And then, you know, the, the tagline, your disease, I'm the cure, start happens there. But the best, the best line is when the, the villain says, I'm going to blow this place up. And what does Stallone's character say? I don't shop here. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> he doesn't. So the bad guy's got like some kind of explosive device, and you're like, you know, he's got a shotgun to this young woman. He got an explosive device. He's like, don't come any closer. Stallone does come closer to the point of where he, where he knifes the he he um, throws a knife at the guy's chest and then shoots him. Right, kills the guy, and that explosive device is fine. It doesn't do anything. No, it does not go off. Your first oh. clue that this new world order guy, these guys suck. They're in disarray. There's, there's not a lot of planning going on. They like to murder. What's happening is the there's a bad guy called, is it the Night Stalker? Not the Night yes, Stalker. Yes. Night Stalker? Night Slasher? Night Slasher. Night something. I think it's a Night Slasher. Who gives a shit? They know a person is going around the city and killing people at random, seemingly. And it seems like killing women, just kind of killing women at random. And there's them. some men that die, too. I love it, too, because this is... You love the, it, huh? The suit... The, the super villain of this film mm-hmm. shows up with three accomplices who distract somebody while he stabs them. Yes. And then moves on with his day. There's no hiding the bodies. There's no cat and mouse. Just stab. No, like this one person's closing up her the diner or something, and they're waiting for her. She comes out in her car. She realizes things are getting weird because these people are opening doors like to a car. She she gets in. She's in fear for her life. Right. She does or lock. She, she does lock the door. And then they come and they just axe her car open and then kill her. This happens. This, they rear end a woman later. She goes, "Well, why'd you guys? What do you guys do? You guys drunk?" And then they kill her. They just go in, and it's just like they have these kind of real quick, brutal murders of these unsuspecting, you know, everyday people, and they have no plan. I don't understand why are they doing this? They're, they're supposed to create a new world. I guess they're trying to stoke fear. But what happens is Brigitte Nielsen, kind of like in a Fargo esque scene, as they they're kind of positioning this dead woman like on a bench. Can Can I give you um? Yeah. Can I give you a little, a little zoom? Yeah. This is actually a quality zoom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Please interrupt because I, I was going, I was, I was, I'll get back to it, what I was do saying. You, do you know what the significance of that waitress is, the actress? No, who she is? No. She was the casting director for Eleven Colonel's Attack. Was she really? Yep. What's her name? Her name in the movie, her stage name was Nina Axelrod. Okay. Her real name was Kether Axelrod. And she was our casting director for Eleven Colonel's. And her son, Jordan Byrne, was the voice of Cain Lamentations? Oh, know. in the movie. So we, well, in the, we didn't. By the way, we didn't make the movie. But in, in as far as all the all the prep for it and all the uh-huh. read throughs and all that. Yep. So we our casting director was the waitress who gets destroyed in Cobra. Did she come to Atlanta that one time? She did for the reading. Did I meet her? Yeah. Did you know? Did you talk to her about Cobra? I didn't. No, she was. There was another movie she's more famous for. There's another movie because she was sort of a scream queen, sort of a sex symbol. She's known for Motel Hell. Okay, she actually had a, a big part in that. Yeah, and she was, you know what a movie she would cast? She, she actually was one of the casting people for a movie we did on this show, Firestarter. Oh, was she? Is she still in the biz? I don't know, I haven't kept in touch. I've kept in touch with her son. She was awesome. She was like a really neat 
kind of bohemian, everybody's mom kind of thing. She was cool. Yeah. Anyway, so, well, like I said, they're positioning, positioning the bad guys who were working in a group that had killed this random person they rear-ended, are positioning her on a bench. I guess they're trying to create the most horrific, like, I don't know, scene where they're, people, when they people stumble on her, she'll be, like, gutted on a bench or something. And Brigitte, poor Brigitte Nielsen just drives by. And for some reason, this is early on in the film, for some reason the bad guys are threatened because she drives by. They shouldn't even see what's happening, really. They get her license plate, and the rest of the movie is them pursuing her and trying to kill her. 100%. And it's like, what happened to the plan to create this new new world? world? Yeah, Yeah, they do everything to kill her, and she's unkillable in this because she throws in with Marion Cobretti, and he stops it all, brother. You know what I'm saying? It's this cult's worst nightmare, and they have people on the inside. They have cops on this in this cult, undercover. It's mm-hmm. like the following in this. I don't even know what to say. And 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 they still can't get this model. They do kill plenty of innocent people along the way. Though. They do not her though. Nope, she makes it perfectly fine. She's at some point she will be interacting with robots again. By the yes. way, mm-hmm. a Christmas movie. It is. There's some Santas. It's a Christmas movie. There's some nativity sequence scenes mm-hmm. in this movie. There's a Christmas commercial that Marion glimpses before the news comes on. Put this right up there, man, with your diehards. Long kiss, um, goodnight. Fuck that. You got Cobe. One of the things that's really strange at the beginning of the film, Stallone's trying to parallel park or pull into a space in front of his uh, his abode, which you don't see very often. You, you see, a lot of times you get to spend a little time in the hero's home, there. but you don't get... Anyway, so Stallone pulls in, and this, this car in front of him won't move. You know, to give him space to pull his dumb car in. So he decides to push that car until he has enough room mm-hmm. to park his car. And the guys get out and they start to kind of threaten him. And Stallone rips the guy's shirt open and there's the guy's wearing a wire. Did you notice that? No. So he rips this guy's shirt open and the guy's like, you know, starts to cower because it's Marion Cabretti. You don't fuck with this guy. But he has a, he's wearing a wire. And later, the, the, that guy, the same guy's nice to Stallone. But I wonder, I just thought that was weird they didn't explain that. Maybe, maybe it's in the something that they cut out or something. Or maybe it was his microphone for recording dialogue and it just showed. Maybe. I'm, yeah. I love it. It reminds me of Rocky a little bit to where the street people kind of get a personality. I like this, too, because... Let's zoom into his... One of the things you got to love about Stallone is obviously he made drinking raw eggs famous in the okay. first Rocky. There's a scene like this in here. Yeah, exactly. It reminds me a little bit of Stone Cold, too. Brian Bosworth movie that we did on the show yep. where he's... Stallone gets home at one point and he grabs two things out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. What does he grab? He grabs a um, box with a, a, one slice of pizza in it. And? Leftover. And he grabs... Isn't he... Is he an, grab an, an egg carton? Oh, okay, grabs an egg carton. And you're okay. like, okay, so he's gonna eat eggs and pizza. That's very strange. And he sits down, and, and he cuts a tiny triangle of pizza for himself with scissors. With scissors, with, which is famous in restaurants now, to snack on, and then opens up the egg carton, and what is in there? So then it's his gun cleaning shit, right? Right. That is Stallone operating at all cylinders, <laughs> clocked out early the day he wrote that shit. <laughs> he does cut the tip of the pizza uh off and then like it's like a almost like a bite size he can do it in two i think and it's weird because like you think you just grab it by the crust take a bite and put it down but not stallone huh let's take some time and talk about how many bites that would take stallone to eat could he pull it off in one yes, yes of course he can stallone's got a small mouth though so you gotta wonder i'm just saying that why not just eat the pizza like does he does he worry and then when you put your fingers on it the crust is kind of the barrier to the grease so you're not getting 
but when you just cut the tip off, you think Marion Cabretti's worried about a little grease? I'm just saying, is? like, what's the point of cutting the point? Because he spends the majority of his movie giving out health food advice. So that's a maximum amount of pizza he will let that palace imbibe. That is definitely true, and it also tells you two things. That's amazing. It's an amazing zoom, but it also tells you something else. Marion Cobray doesn't do it like everybody else. He does it different. He really doesn't. It's you know, pictures you know says a thousand words. Mm-hmm. So he there's a thousand words. <laughs> so does that? That's why he he at one point he does do this in this really funny. It's a funny expression. There's later in the movie, and this has something to do with this. Is that they're at a diner. Uh, Brigitte Nielsen is eating fries, and she has put a bountiful load of ketchup on these fries. And Stallone comments on it. Was there? A, that, okay, Nina might have been that waitress. Actually, that might have been Nina's. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So he basically looks at her fries and says, "Hey, you need a life preserver for those fries." Like he makes a dumb joke, right? Mm-hmm. So then he sits down, and she puts more ketchup on the fries, and they cut to him looking horrified. It's beautiful. <laughs> And then later in the hospital, he gives he tries to get his partner to eat, and he and he's trying mm-hmm. to talk him out of eating the cake. He's like, "There's something that looks like cheese mm-hmm. on one plate, and there's a, a guaranteed cake on another plate." And, and he and Rennie Santoni go back and forth on you know Stallone cares about what people are eating. There's a little health. He does. So he he suggests to his partner, I don't know if it was this or the scene before when the guy's about to grab junk food. He says, "Eat some prunes, raisins." Fish and rice. He says, yeah. like, he that's his. That's his um, but, you know, they do have a good chemistry, those two, I think. Is he, where's he, what else has he been in, Rene? Rene Santoni's in a lot of movies. I know, but what do, what do I recognize him from? I like, think he was just... in one of the Dirty Harry movies, and that's what he's best known for. Did he do something we've done? Oh, I can't imagine he would. He's, he's officially a decedent. Yes. It's a shame that we lost Rene. He dis- disappeared in the, the beginning of COVID. COVID yeah. took him out. How old was he? Uh, dead. So... How old was he when he died? Though? He was dead when he died. Um, he's super. He's super gone when he died. He was uh, 82. 82 years destroyed. Yep. He, I know, you know him best from Franklin and Bash. <laughs> yeah. Which one was he? <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous Minds. He's in. Yeah, I guess. No, I don't think we've done anything with this piece of piss. He's actually fun in this, and you at one point he's in jeopardy. You think he might be dead, and you are sad about it because he is like he's a character in this movie that should not be killed. You don't want to blow this guy away. He's he's supportive of Cobretti. He's a good guy. He's not a cultist, and he eats junk food. Like he he at one point he goes into the ga- a gas station, comes out with a just a shit ton of of candy bars and cokes. Like he has you know donuts, mini donuts. He's like reminding me of uh, you know what I'm talking about. Breakdown. What's her face? Michael, the angel. <laughs> oh, oh, talking about Kath- uh, Kathleen Quinlan. Quinlan, yeah. Remember, she's she joke bought that ship and still ate it from a gas station. He didn't joke buy fifty thousand uh, dollar contest donut, right? Maybe he was trying. And to what's win. an? By the way, what group are, are Renice and Tony and uh, Mary Cabretti a part of? There, I is it the Zombie Squad? Sure is. So explain what the to the the poor listeners what the Zombie Squad is. The zombie squad are people who work after hours. End of conversation. <laughs> but Cobretti has this police chief that is always raining on its parade and is like getting on his shit because Stallone is unorthodox. His character is unorthodox. He does the thing, doesn't do things by the book. And this guy's very straight laced. And he always got the little sly comment, a little kind of 
tweaks Stallone a little bit. It's like, oh, you got the job done, but you did it wrong. You did it not by the book. You did. I would have done it differently. And now, are we talking about Andrew Robinson or Art Lafleur? Andrew Robinson, because Art Lafleur is on Cabretti's side a lot. This guy hates, obviously, hates Cabretti. And you know why? Because in the original story, he was supposed to be one of the New World Order people. He was. He's supposed to have a chest tattoo, right? Right. But they decided to write that out of the movie for some reason. I, I th- he didn't want to. What do you mean? That was, he didn't want. To, he didn't want to, so they didn't do it. What do you mean? He, he said, "Let's do something. Let's do something else." <laughs> on the day, I don't think he wanted to sit in the makeup chair. Is that what? Is that real? Are you there's, really yeah, reading it? Yeah. There, yeah. There's something on the trivia where he's like, you know. Let's go a different way. And Stallone's like, "Well, I, Bridget's in my trailer, so let's just do it." Yeah, apparently but, um, they were they were hands on during this. Uh, by the way, Art Lafleur, I noticed this in this movie, and I think it's a, a glorious thing. The beadiest eyes I've ever seen on an actor. Still around? I think he lives. Got a great name. He sounds like a person that is more famous than he is. Art Art Lafleur looks like it, sounds like a like a famous hockey player or something. Something, yeah. Do you remember what movie we've done with him in it? No. I'll give you a hint. Pharmacy. Pharmacy. Works at a pharmacy in the movie we did. Oh, I can kind of see it. Somebody tries to buy condoms. <sighs> They're dating his daughter. Fuck. What is it? I can, I, I can sort of see it. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the blob. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I think, I he's, Shaw- I think he's Shawnee Smith's mom. The mom. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good actor. I never <laughs> saw... I, I never I saw. I never. I never would have placed that. That's the second movie we we did on this show. That was show two. We're at what? Are we, what did I say? We're at two, show two thirty. Yeah. Speaking of two thirty a.m. is what we're gonna do this to because I got a lot to say about this next scene with these robots. <laughs> what would you call them? Robots? I would absolutely call them robots. I think uh, it would be a disservice to call them anything but. I think it's kind of how you know Stallone probably directed this. It's because isn't he a little obs- robot obsessed? Good thing he didn't delete the robots out of this thing, son of a bitch. And this is also there's a song called "Angel of the City" by it's playing Robert Tepper, who sang a song for uh, the Rocky movies too. And it's you know about the angel of the city. And then I love that he he streamlined the lyrics. He goes and then at one point as the as the photo shoot goes, he's like, "Don't forget the robots of the city." You know, he also does that. He throws that in. <laughs> But there is a lot of these little robots. They're all different. You can collect them all. And I'm always saying Brigitte. Is it Brigitte Nielsen? Am I saying it wrong? I think she'd prefer that, to be honest. Let's go Brigitte. And um, she is just sexing, giving it to the camera, like sexing the camera. You know, I don't know. What do they call that when a model, like, is just... Vamps. Vamping, vamping, right? And just, just doing the voguing, whatever. And these poor robots just, they just are kind of accessories they just can't do anything they can bleep and bloop a little bit there's a light show happening on their chest sometimes but like i said at one point she hangs a fur on one of them robots probably three times as much screen time as david rashi <laughs> robots got a better agent rashi got cut out of this film he had more scenes i don't know what he would have he must have had another scene with brigitte wilson no they had no they have scenes where he's crawling around getting slaughtered is that what it is? Yeah, it's him. World, he survives the first onslaught, and he's dragging ass through the parking lot, getting slaughtered some more. And, uh, yeah, he looked like he might survive at first. He doesn't. But the thing is, before Nobody he... gets killed. Somebody else gets way more killed than him. I know. There's <laughs> another guy that's just walking around with a Christmas gift that gets super No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the, the security guard gets the most security killed. Security guard gets... He gets... He, he gets, gets destroyed. Yeah. He gets killed three. Yeah, he gets, he, he, he gets the word killed with a little three over it. He has a hero moment. He comes out the elevator firing, but then they drive a uh, 
they drive a car into him, and the, unfortunately, the elevator doors close. He can't just pop into the elevator and save himself. You know, and usually in a movie from this era, there's that scene where it cuts to the dummy. Mm-hmm. It looks like they really killed that security officer. It does, yeah. It's, it's a, a pretty good pr- shot. It's very violent. R.I.P. Um, that guy. <laughs> what I was gonna say that Rashi, before he dies, he's the photographer and he's walking out. Uh, subtle. He's subtle though. Brigitte Nielsen. He wants to, he wants to sleep with her, and he says to her, he says, "I'd be sick." Not to want to sleep with you, which works. I think she she looks intrigued, right? No, she's no. definitely not into him. And then she's super not into him because he has a huge gash in his face and chest from acts from several axes. Yeah, and a knife. I think the 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 bad the main bad guy carries around. We didn't talk. What's his? How would you describe his knife that he has? Curved and weird. Spiked spiked fist. Yeah, it's um it's similar to like. The runaway gun. Just this. just say it's like the knife and cobra, and everybody will know what you're talking about. Well, Stallone's order was make it a very memorable knife. Like another thing I learned in the trivia is that Brian Thompson kind of got shit on. Did you read all that stuff? Yeah, they were, they were hating his performance, and they were saying that the the guy at the beginning rocked it. They said so. Uh, the director, not Stallone, like Stallone wouldn't talk to anybody. Apparently, that was like oh, he talked to Bridget. Besides her. Deep, deep talks. Yeah. Uh, Thompson didn't get invited to the premiere. He had to buy his own ticket as local movie theater to watch this. Yeah. And then, how do you say his name? Cos- the director? George P. Cosmatos. He says, if you would have listened to me, you would have delivered a better performance. Things like that. He gets shit on left and right in the trivia. The thing is, he's good in this. If what? his performance was even twice as good, would it mean anything? No. Oh, he doesn't have much to do. and you know He has to look formidable and satanic and weird. He does that just fine. At the end, he has a weird speech they used to deliver. He does that great, too. And then he has to get killed insanely, and he's fine. He does a good job. <laughs> he actually very rarely is a villain in severe pain dying. Yeah. He is hating it. No, it's like he's so horrible in this. He's like a slasher. Like he's like a it's like a slasher movie at times that he's in. Like he has a knife and he's like creeping up on people and killing them. At the and you you want him to get killed. At the end you feel bad for him. Because he gets he gets he gets a, a hook on he gets like speared with a giant hook and then slowly <laughs> melted to death by like some industrial like, you know, flamethrower. He gets tattooed vertically, but it's and he's screaming in pain as the hook carries him to his, for sure, death. It's pretty great. And then dog bites his dick off right before he goes into the flames. It's like, <laughs> it's insane. Man's best friend comes out of nowhere. This is for the security guard. And then the robots are in the background performing a dirge. <laughs> I wish they came back in. Here's where things kind of kick into hyper overdrive. Stallone realizes that there's an inside guilt that's giving people the uh, the knowledge of where Bridget's is. She's at the hospital. Mm-hmm. They come after her at the hospital. They do. Brian, Brian Thompson in glasses, adorable, by the way. Yeah, and he then, kills a janitor and dresses up and disguises a janitor. Yep. And then he kills a innocent hospital victim and then a nurse, a nurse too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He kills too many innocents. Yeah, it's just very sad. And then Bridget has a shining moment in the bathroom where he's carving through the door. Stallone's, Stallone realizes that, all right, we got to get this girl someplace where I can fuck her. I mean, pretty much. I mean, the thing is, he, he r- tries to rush back to the hospital, but they have descended, the cultists have descended upon his little his little home. He has to punch those guys out and then get to the hospital, right? Is that what happens? Because they, they told Rennie Santoni to go to the office. This is setting us up for the safe house where they're at, hanging mm-hmm. ass. And guess who, got, guess who shows up there, too? The villains, because the female cop is secretly Brian Thompson's squeeze. 
Yeah, she's um, what's her name? She's I was she still acts this this woman. She's kind of good actor. Yeah, she's she's in on it. She's undercover for the for the baddies, and so every time they're trying to make a move to hide, she knows where they're at. So and tells everybody. The the thing is, it doesn't matter any of this stuff. Because all you want is for Brigitte Nielsen to want to jump on Stallone. That's and not all I want. That's all I want. And you want those two <laughs> crazy kids to get together. She starts to realize, like, look, these axe-wielding, insane maniacs are always on my tail. People I know are getting murdered around me. But Miss Stallone looks hot. Let's try to get him in bed. And he's resistant. Like, he plays hard to get a little bit. And then he doesn't. Um, then he doesn't. Then she, she pulls him into the covers. He immediately comes, takes him two seconds, and he uh, is back outside strolling around like n- nothing ever happened in there. Doesn't want to go in, doesn't want to face the music. She's like, it's okay, it's okay. He's like, it's all right, I'm going to get some Pepsi. He's kind of suspicious of this woman, this cop that he that he's, that he's has come along, because he sees her always t- on the phone. Yeah, away from, the, away from mm-hmm. things. But not suspicious enough to do shit about it, to stop her, you know. Her plans work. She gets all the baddies to come, <laughs> you know, until it doesn't. But yeah, they all show up, and, the, and then and then it becomes an '80s action movie. Too much ammunition, fired. You know, mm-hmm. you know what happens. The climax in, a, in an industrial place. You know exactly. The main the main action sequence, obviously, is in the middle of the film is with the cars. When there's a group, pretty good car chase scene. There is, yeah. It's like Mad Max ish, okay, a little bit. And then Stallone has like the seatbelts in this car, like they're like stunt. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're crazy, like race car. Race yeah. car seat, and he's got yeah. the nitrous oxide too. He's got nitrous in his car, and he yeah. also jumps it from the second floor of a freaking parking deck. He does. Yeah, he does not care. He's 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 driven, Ray Tanto. There's there's an amazing part of this car chase that you know Brian Thompson and crew are trying are to. He's talking about the callback. Remember the callback to an earlier microscope episode. What happens? Tell me. They smash through a hot dog cart. I mean, I was gonna. I wrote that down because we have, <laughs> there's something about movies and hot dog carts. There's it just happened to us recently. Right. Uh, in Blue Steel, there was a hot dog. <laughs> and his so, legs were weird. No, I'm talking about there's they, the director takes a minute as this these cars are zooming, chasing each other, kind of going over this bridge. He cuts to ducks and geese, or I guess a group of ducks in the water, and you hear them. You hear their noises for like two seconds. <laughs> It's a close-up on ducks, Nick. Well, there's, well, okay, so that's very true. But if you remember, there's a scene early in the film in the parking lot when the guy comes to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. We see a shot of a seagull sitting on a thing, and then the guy shows that the seagull hauls ass out of there because dirty town, dirty yeah. man's come to town. So maybe there's a bird, there's a bird subplot mm-hmm. kind of running through this thing. So that car chase is pretty good. His car gets destroyed, by the way. The bad guys do too, but his car is done for. It, it he he runs it up into a ship. And it flips over, and oh man, it's a mess. That's when they start to kind of go into hiding. That's when they go to this place. On the way there, they stop at like a at a gas station. That's where the partner buys junk food. But he says this. He says this to Brigitte Nielsen. He says, "Great day for junk food, babe." I think he might have said "babe" to Stallone. Actually, I think he called Stallone "babe" because Stallone is the, the, again poo-pooing, poo-pooing him for getting junk food. But Stallone is window shopping at the gift shop and does something very strange. Let's hear it. He grabs a bobblehead and then imitates it. He bobbles his head. Like, is that a... That's like a normal thing someone would do? That's what Mary Cobretti would do. Yeah, he does it different. One thing we didn't say when they're in the restaurant with the fries, what does he do before he comments on the fries? What what does he have in his hands and shows and makes a joke about to Brigitte Nielsen? I don't remember. A gigantic prop hamburger that they have. It's like this 
quadruple decker like foam hamburger that so he that, shows her. that is a great way to segue into this topic yeah they made three video games for cobra and they're sort of beloved in some circles to this day they were for computers okay and three three different they they had three different versions of the same idea done by three different developers for three different units. So one was for the Sinclair machine, one was for the Commodore 64, and the other was for something else, maybe the Amiga or whatever. What's amazing about it is there are a few things that are consistent throughout. Uh, there are guys with bazookas. It's a side-scroller, and you're Marion Cobretti, and there's the Bridget Nielsen clone tri- following you around. You have to keep her alive. She's indestructible, but basically if you die, she dies, right? Your villains are as follows. Men with bazookas and people pushing baby carriages. What are you talking about? Those are the two villains. Are they undercover? No, no. You have to dodge baby carriages Ah. and and bazooka shooting individuals and then the Night Slasher. How does Cobra get ammunition in this game? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are strategically placed hamburgers throughout the game. And when you get onto a hamburger, maybe there's a gun in it for you. What What does that mean? What? There are hamburgers... So is it related to this scene when he's... I I don't know. I don't know. Back then, they had to make a game... Now, I don't know if you remember this. This was a phenomenon back back then. They would either have to have the game finished like a year in advance because of how long it took to program Mm -hmm. shit, or it would come out so long after the movie that it was an afterthought, and they very rarely had any connection to one another. But your lives in this Cobra game are also represented by hamburger icons. So when you run out of hamburgers, you're dead, just like in real life. So if you Google Cobra Stallone hamburger, you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, if you, it's a giant foam hamburger. Right. Do you remember this? Of course. And then he cuts a little triangle off of it. So we get to this. What happens? What's the climax here? There's T2. They kill a million people. Um, he never runs out of ammunition, basically. He's got a cool gun that's in the poster with the mm-hmm. laser sight. He uses that as a trick at one point. John Hersfeld, the director... Survives longer than you would expect in this movie. He's the sniper who never gets shot off. And uh, he's also Brian Thompson's driver in the early parts of the movie. See, he, he, he faces off. Obviously, they have to go mano a mano at the end. So there's a knife versus, you know, Stallone's got a chain. Brian mm-hmm. Thompson's got a knife, and they fight. And then eventually, you know, one's put on a hook. And then you have the, the quintessential post-battle interaction with the superiors. We're seeing Rennie Santoni set off in, a, in, a, in an ambulance. He punches the evil superior officer and then they ride on a motorcycle during the credits it's 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 gold and they said i read that nicholas vinding Refn was inspired by this to some yeah, extent I love, yeah, drive, yeah, yeah. I love that because i get that I mean, he obviously said drive, um, drive might be a better movie the song that plays at the end when they're riding off into the sunset is like a <laughs> spruce springsteen like light no, it's like john cafferty in the in the beaver brown band is it really it sounds like i know it's not springsteen but it the sounds voice like of america's sons Trying to be Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Aren't they the ones that's also saying, On the dark side, whoa, yeah, yeah. On the dark side. Maybe. Is that Eddie and the Cruisers? I think so. Maybe. God, John Caffey and the Beaver Brown Band. <laughs> they still killing it out there? There's no doubt that they're still rocking out. Robert Tepper, though, is the one that I care about. There's a there's a Miami Sound Machine song on the soundtrack. It is so 80s, and it is so there's not an ounce of ball hair on these songs that are trying to be tough. <laughs> John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Six Years flags. active, 1972 to present. Nick, they are my age. What six flags are they at this week? Oh. 
John Cafferty's still out there doing it, man. On August 21st, the band were the headline performers at the Providence Performing Arts Center's first in-person event since the beginning of COVID. They released a new signal single recently. <laughs> Day in the Sun. I wish they released a signal. <laughs> now, Justin, I, I know it's a lot to ask. You just got off a six-day camping trip. But do you think we might be able to squirrel ourselves to Rhode Island on the 21st of July to... Because they're playing Ocean Mist, and I know that's one of our favorite venues. We should go. We should find, see how cheap the plane tickets are, and just go see it. Would they have a song like? I, would they have a song I recognize besides besides the Eddie and the Cruiser song? Yeah, the Hearts of the Voice of America's Son. That's the is that the name of the song in Cobra? Oh yeah. Oh, think they still play it? Of course they do. Are you, you guys nuts? might remember this one from the 1986 movie. Cobra. That song used to play on the radio quite a bit. And remember Hearts on Fire from Rocky Four. Don't forget that one. They they did that song too? Oh yeah. Beaver Brown Band, huh? Oh my god, they're from Rhode Island for fuck's sake. What do you think of the bad guy at the end when he's murdered all these people and he's like, obviously you're not going to kill me. You can't kill me. You, I have rights. You're going to bring me in. Like his saying insane stuff. I mean, Cobretti's killed like everybody here. Seems like it's a little out of place his speech. You know, it's, you know the, the part that took me out of the movie a little bit was where the guy with kind of ill-formed ideas was able to form a legion of cultists around his weird rhetoric and do stupid things because he said so. Everything else um, makes perfect sense. So let's talk yes. about the credits. Let's talk yes, about the credits. I did, I, did, um, I did write a few. Uh, who, I wrote a few names down in these credits. There was, this was alternately uninspired credits and glorious credits for me. So I'll let you throw the first initial to me. I'm going to start out with an actor who I'd never heard of before and I think he was part of the crew too I think he maybe not an actor but definitely in the movie Fred Lucky thanks for the initials oh sorry FL yeah yeah not yeah I didn't I don't remember seeing Fred Lucky he's in there yeah FL sorry you go does that mean Daphne Daphne did it for him (laughs) oh nice did you see MN I don't have an MN Marty November Oh, that's very nice. It's like it's like uh, our boy's character in Jack Ryan. Yeah, I got a little CN in here. Did you see her? No. That's interesting that you say that you didn't see her because it sounds like you kind of partially did there. Claire No No in this. Claire No No. Okay. Constantly being negative on the set. My very favorite one in a long time. Initials R A M three. R A M three. Is that one of the robots? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this. What is this? I love this so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Richard A. Mention the third. Spelled correctly. Richard A. Mention the third. It's so cute. Mention. His last name. Mr. Mention. <laughs> Such a cute dude. You see RG? Our, our good friend Robin Garb. <laughs> very, very, very well dressed. Could not be a customer in this movie, could she? Robin Garb. I did see BR. You talking about Bob. <laughs> talking about Bob Raring? No, I'm not. That's not Bob Raring? No. <laughs> Bob Raring. That's amazing. That's my, that's my BR. Who do you have? This is one of the guys, he's got to be dating a girl named Muffy. Wait, and he, Branscombe. Branscombe Richmond. Yes, I had it too. Like a very sophisticated name, yeah. Sounds pretentious, Branscombe. H.W.? Don't have it. 
Hawk Walensky? Hawk Walensky, yeah. I got a DWJ. I don't have it. Donald Whipple Jr. <laughs> Him and Branscombe hanging out on set. I got J.I. Nope. He later quit the biz, started something else. Joey Ippolito in here. <laughs> Shit, that's a reference for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> We have six listeners on Earth, and you're expecting somebody to know Roswell, Georgia. I love that. <laughs> Look, man, you gotta hear a whirring sound because there's a tattoo shop in this movie, and there's tattoos that feature in this movie. And now you gotta get one put on yourself. I'm gonna get my first Stallone tattoo. I don't think I have one yet. It's Stallone, full Cobra outfit, matching in mouth shades, just the classic, right? Just the classic, yeah. just expressionless badass Stallone face and he's just squished up in that mechanical right in that mechanical frog you know what I'm saying but looking super cool but he's scrunched in there kind of having a blast but not not trying not to look like it you know that's so what do you cute. think oh my god yeah and the turtle has an electronic voices boredom's a disease I'm the cure the turtle <laughs> the frog same thing they're identical mine's similar I have Stallone uh, on a carpet, s- s- coiled up in like a weird, like weird circle, and then there's a dude playing a flute at him. <laughs> he's, he's a snake charming cobra, Cabretti. Yeah. yeah. I pictured when you said that. I pictured a no shit pictured Stallone on a magic carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing you've ever said. He's not in enough CGI shit, Stallone. He's, he's got a great voice for uh, animated and shit. Look, movie's over, credits are rolling, Lobo there's a stinger at the end. Apparently you've got a great one. This is, I'm going to combine, I'm going to try, I don't think it's a great one. They, it's a, you know, they ride off in, into the, into the sunset and Brigitte Nielsen's like, let's, let's go to my, let's go to my house. And let's get this thing started. Let's do some celebration. And Stallone, you could see Cobretti getting a little nervous. And they get home and she's trying to <laughs> set the mood. And she cut, she goes, let me slip into something a little bit more comfortable. She she disappears and you hear clanking and, and just a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of clanking noises. And the lights come on and she has every single one of those robots in that photo shoot. Those are her. She brought those to the ro- to the to the set. Those are her idea. Her robots. And she's there and Stallone is already nervous. Never Stallone's a virgin, by the way. Cobretti never had sex before, so he's super nervous now. Mm-hmm. He said he don't know how, and she she said, "Well, let me and my friends help you figure it out." That's right, because you're right. Remember when she goes down to the parking garage, she forgets her purse and her robots. <laughs> that explains why she's she's driving around in a gigantic van. Mine's yeah. sort of similar. Um, they're going to they go to his place. Yeah. Oh wow. And uh, he, you know, he sets the mood. He's like a little grub. He sits down. He cuts off a little triangle of that pizza. She goes, "What does it remind you of?" And he starts to lose his cool. And then she quickly unfolds her giant rubber over his massive. Demon. What, are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> his Dennis. <laughs> first of all, first of all, it's delight. The second of all, what are you talking about? Like, tell me, explain this. She throws a rubber over his peanut. Like, I don't understand. He Why? cuts a triangle. She goes, what does that remind you of? And then she's, as he starts to respond, she starts to wrap it over his bulging. Her tri- like her triangles? She's like, saying? what does that remind you of? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. I slowly got there. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I'm cutting pizza here. They've greenlit a sequel to Cobra, finally, after all these years. Uh, how are you spending that hard-earned? Well, it's kind of good. Like, I, I think this is kind of a good idea. So, like, take him into, like, a different world. He's in L.A. Now he's in New York. He transplants. And he goes undercover to infiltrate the mafia, right? And to climb the ranks in the mafia. He's Cabretti. He, he changes his whole demeanor. He no longer is flashy. He, you know, he kind of, you know, he's the Italian style and he kind of fits in, right? Like, mm-hmm. and he just starts climbing the ranks, Nick. Say it, say it more. And he starts to really, like, it's almost, it's like Eastern Promises with Stallone. He, like, keeps, until the, until the point where they, he's a made man. They, they have a ceremony. They, the movie's called Made Marion. And I thought, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. It's the delivery that was just amazing. <laughs> Mine is his partner is coming out of the hospital, and the doctor mm-hmm. says, look, you need to get your diet under check. So he gives him a very regimented list of minerals and, and vitamins to take and a very structured intermittent fasting diet, and we follow him through that as he loses 11 pounds. Okay. Credits. Got to get your diet under check, huh? Yeah. The poster is Renny Santoni wearing Sloan's glasses, a toothpick, Instead of a matchstick, and on the toothpick, at the end of the toothpick is his meal for the day. It's a cube of Ruffy. He, by the way, the thinnest. He's ever not an ounce of fat on that man. Well, especially now, but yeah, he he looked good, right? Plus, his name was Rennie. Look, you've been given the finest to have your own business associated with Cobra. How are you spending that hard earned? So, you're familiar with the game Shoots and Ladders? More than you know. Do you know what it was originally called? Snakes and Ladders. I'm not kidding. That's right. So instead of like the, the, the slides, which I guess somehow they call shoots, there were snakes that people, like you slide down on the snakes, you climb the ladder. Same idea, right? So I'm doing the Cobra branded snakes and ladders, Cobras and ladders, right? And it said elongated Stallones that you slide down. And then the little prim- the primary colored plastic pieces are also Stallones. You know, like little Marion Cabretti's sliding down themselves, climbing up ladders, you know? <laughs> What do you think? The kids will love it. I just keep thinking of those. You know what I'm talking about? Like the Candyland? Like of course. The golden, plastic. The, the golden times. What a special time to be alive that was. Cobras and Ladders. Next. So I what have perfectly created puppets of, of uh, the characters from this film. Perfect. You know, where the jaw, you know, the mouth, it's wooden with the mouth is cut out and the mouth chomps up and down. Perfectly rendered. Very high quality. Most of them are Stallone. As a matter of fact, all but one of them are Stallone. It's, it's basically different variations on his character and and you can almost do a play with it like you can operate them you have to be good but you can operate them well and then the other the other one the other characters of course brian thompson's character but it's just a repainted stallone what do you think i mean i'm into it what would you use the puppets what tell me what's the pup you just sell the puppets or what's the well the marionettes <laughs> you thought you were the only one who could take a big shit with his name <laughs> Look, you're in the movie. You've been added to the running time of Cobra. <laughs> what shape does your performance take? <laughs> what character am I? Yeah. All right, I'm a cult member. I'm going to be, I'm all in. I'm all in on this cult. I've got my axes. I went and bought axes. I, I practice clanking, rhythmic clank at home. <laughs> I, I'm wait. you know, I'm, in, I'm there and practicing. Every once in a while, I'm in this empty pool, and I'm just into it. I'm sweating. I'm clanking, and every once in a while, I just go, Oh man, yeah, this is awesome. To the guy next to me, it was like, "What's the uh, what? Yeah, what's the ultimate goal though? Like, if you could maybe hit me with just the 
the log line at least. I, you know, just give me a little. But no, this is great that I go back to Clank. I don't want to intrude too much, but I'm just trying to get the word like, what are we doing? You know, like I know I know there's a very small group of us that murder, but most of us just come here to kind of get a workout. It seems there's a. Do you notice there's a dude in a business suit? Uh, there's more than there? one, and it looked yeah. like there were ping pong tables in there, but I'm sure they weren't. And uh, I'd like to think that after after that they had a rigorous game of ping pong though. But I just you know everyone's just trying to get the just get the just get the plan. You know, like what's you know? Because I think most of us are just seems to be just clapping axes together on a Wednesday night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair, that's the kind of cult that I would join, right? If it was harmless, I might tap out if I found out there's too many murders. I guess. Anyway, you, what about you, you? You might. Well, so I'm sort of the den mother for the cult. You have the same questions I did. So, you know. No, no, I, I'm, I'm more about, you know, making sure that they leave their shoes in the right cubby holes when they get there, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I've arranged a potluck. Uh, unfortunately, I've timed the potluck the same night as the siege on the uh, industrial place. Yeah. So I've got like 19 bowls of chili lined up. I've, I've made a punch. I've got the, the, you know, our place is decorated. I've got put those checkered tablecloths, those rubberized tablecloths over some of the things there. And, and you know, plastic, every, everything's set up for 43 guests. And I'm the only one in there watching the food get cold. God damn cold. Checking my watch. It's my grandmother's fucking recipe, you fucking bastards. And and what are you doing? Melting and impaled melting while I'm making this shit. I'd run in there because I, I, I wasn't going to go on that. Okay, well. And then just eat some chili off my axe. Find another use for it finally. Or I would just, I would lean over and you can eat it off my flesh. I'd expose my flesh for you to eat off. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Look, you've got to incorporate something from Cobra into your everyday life. <clears throat> a, a ritual, a mantra, a rhetoric. What are you going to do? I'm going to over-catch up things, just like Brigitte Nielsen does. Nice. I'm going to and over-catch up to the point where there's way too much ketchup on there, and then I'm going to keep putting ketchup on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to over-catch up in her honor sometimes. And then just maybe say, kiss my two fingers, point them to heaven, and say, for BN. What do you think? Nice. Did someone say, Barnes & Noble? I'd be like, No. You know, <laughs> what about you? So, yeah, I know you like the cure. I, I, uh, I'm going to go make a point. That if I ever bump into Robert Smith, I'm going to say, you're the cure and I'm the disease. And I'm going to punch him in the face. Oh, don't do that. Robert Smith's a nice guy. Yeah, but, but I'm just, it's just going to be an homage to Cobra. Yeah, you're the cure okay. and I'm the disease. So I'm going to make Did you know that they named themselves after this movie? That's I did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though they're from the 70s, they, they renamed themselves to Cure, even though they had that name already in, in, in honor of this. Is that why their drummer is R.A.M. 3? <laughs> Robert A. Mention? The third? Two people before him fucked up, and they're like, let's keep this shit storm going. There's many Robert A. Mentions on the earth strolling that's, around. It's actually kind of, it's kind of in, in heartwarming. Bobby Mention. It's like Daddy noticed. Bobby Mention. Look, you're an island. You've been trapped in all these many years, gathering to brief various films, and now it's time to take something from Cobra to your personal island. What are you taking there, sir? I, I made a big deal about this foam hamburger that Stallone holds in this restaurant, Cobra, and it, it does look ridiculous if you Google it. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my island loincloth. You know what I'm saying? Instead of a loincloth, I am gonna attach string to that, and I'm gonna be completely nude except for this gigantic foam hamburger in my covering my nethers, just like an Adam and Eve, you know, Adam leaf, or what do they call that? Like a fig, fig, fig leaf, leaf, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have a hamburger instead of that. Just you know, 
just a, not that there's many people out there. You're my neighbor, but no one comes to see this, but I need some modesty anyway. And who right. knows, you bring crazy people to your island. So I'll be running around with that gigantic hamburger. Don't need to hear your comments that I don't need to have the whole hamburger. I could cut it in half or something. Like, I don't need to hear that criticism aimed at me. Please leave me alone. I wasn't going to say that. I just, I'm, thinking just it. I'm just picturing you doing that. Honestly, I'm just visualizing that image a lot. You'd move island. You would move islands. I think. Oh my god, it's so good. My island loincloth is the hamburger. Are you a triple double? I mean, what are you? Are you. I'm just saying that the, it looks like a triple decker hamburger for sure. That fun thing. Anyway, go ahead. What, what about you? What about I mean, you? obviously, you'd want me to take the robot so you can see them across the way. I, I would. Yeah. You'd want me to take his glasses because they would protect me from the sun's harmful rays. It sounds like you're not going to take either. Cover the majority of my head with those glasses. By the mm-hmm. way, no. I got to be honest, sometimes, even though I've got a lot of company on the island, I get a little lonely. Because the, the heat of the island, it's, it, it's probably wise that you're wearing a loincloth, a modesty burger. Because you don't want to get too hot and heavy in there because mm-hmm. the sun's, you know, it's a, it's a bitch sometimes. So I kind of want to take Bridget's game-used leotard. Her she, what? Her game-used um, garment that she had, the really tight, stretchy um, one piece that she had in the modeling video. Game-used? It's game-used. What does that mean? You know, it's you know like when you buy a jersey from a. a oh, okay. It's yeah, game yeah. used. You know, it's it's. I was uh, I was hearkening back to the video games you talk about. No, earlier. it's 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 picture ready. It's been it's it's previously sure. worn, soiled. Which which outfit? There's like a a really tight leotard thing, like a bikini. I, I know, the white one. I think it's I don't white remember the color. Yeah, it'll be white for a short period, but it's. <laughs> I'm going to wear that. I'm going to have that on tight as bitch, you know, like wearing it up and down. Sometimes sure. upside down, sometimes right side up. I listen, I'm listening. And I'm just going to patrol the island, stretched out, wearing her, uh, a little of uh, her, 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 her self, some, some of herself on it. Wow. Drinking a New York Celsius, you know, something like that. Yeah. Just living it up. Yeah, leaving footprints, only one set of footprints in the sand with that stretched out body on me. Previously touched... A little, a little Bridget glaze on it. Her, there were two footprints, and now there's just one set? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying there's just one set of footprints in the sand, the way I'm carrying carrying myself. I, God damn, I want those robots, though. You know, it's it's so hard. I will let you take both of both. I would let you take them if you want. Do you want it like a little... I mean, you don't have to ask me, but I, I'll allow it if if you're looking for permission. Do the robots wear any clothes? Do, do they have any previously soiled like i said at one point she puts a fur on one of them okay damn it not too much for the island i'm now i'm just gonna go take her clothing i'm gonna take her tight tight thing okay and patrol the island would you become Would you feel like are you feel like her no i i'll feel actually like a dirty a dirty self i feel a dirt i feel a dirty self i feel a little dirty myself in that burger only you know i like the fact that i that you've that you've reappropriated it you know? I fashioned the yeah. I, I created a uh, clothing out of it. I put a string through it so I could tie it around like an apron string. I don't know how do they do loincloths because it's always just if you think about it. Adam's just chilling with that fig leaf and it doesn't look. It looks like it's stuck on. You know what I'm saying? Where's the where's the dental floss holding it in place? It just feels like is he using some kind of anti gravity powers or something to keep it there? Glue? Other I, sticky substances? I tell you what though, I'm looking through my telescope, seeing you walk around with that burger on. I think you can guess what my expression is. Grimace. <laughs> <laughs>